Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, we continue till 3 o'clock today, right here at the Big Talker 1700. Uh, Seth Gruen will be our guest here in just a moment. We're going to do some Major League Baseball with him. I'm going to ask him, too, if he's freezing his butt off in Chicago. Weather's been terrible there, absolutely awful. At least we've gotten a little bit of better weather than what Chicago has. Man, it's been cold. Uh, He joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Seth, are you still turning the heat on at night? Well, I'm trying to thaw out here. We got some uh, warm weather ahead. So finally, maybe can lay by the pool or enjoy some of the great lakefront we have in Chicago because it's been brutal. <laughs> it has been. It's been tough. Uh, so have the Cubs. They've been brutal. And at least if you ask Cub fans, when you look at the standings, they're you know they're right there at the top. But I think after what happened last season, most fans expected, okay, they're going to get off to a – a big fast start again, and they'll be up by three or four, maybe five games by now, and it's not happening. In fact, they're not even in first place in the Central. How do you explain it? Well, there's a number of explanations. First and foremost, every team, no matter how good you are, goes through periods of poor play and extended periods of poor play, and that's why the season's 162 games. Case in point, last year, the Cubs were below 500 in the entire month of July. So you can go weeks and weeks playing like this. I think to some degree the reason there's angst is because the Cubs' poor stretch of play has come at the start of the season. So this is all we have to judge them on. Now that said, there are some serious problems with this team. Number one, they strike out too much. And last year they struck out a lot, but they had home runs. Now they're striking out, they're not hitting as many home runs. Number two, Kyle Schwarber has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Number three, their starting staff has been inconsistent. And number four, that has taxed their bullpen. So they have a number of issues that they have to get over. And when you're playing poorly, you have all these issues and they pile up. Um, but the reality is, yeah, there are some things that, you want, that, that you're concerned about. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question sort of, in finality, by saying this, that Chipper Jones once said, "No team is as good as it. No team is as good as it is when it's on a winning streak, and no team is as bad as it is when it's on a losing streak." So the Cubs will be better this year. You know, uh, Seth. The other component here is when Cincinnati got off to their good start, and they keep humming along. You know, the Brewers uh, they keep winning games as they're over five hundred. But no Cubs fan is nervous about the Reds or the Brewers. Here come the St. Louis Cardinals, though. They continue to win. It looks like they fixed the bullpen. Always been a lot better on the back end, really top to bottom. This team is playing much better. Uh, You look at the individual pieces, they're not going to wow you, but it is the Cardinals. Should that add some trepidation, or are you not sold yet on this Cardinals team? No, I'm always sold on the Cardinals. I think if any team in baseball deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's the St. Louis Cardinals because year in and year out, they're contenders to win the NL Central. And more years than not, they find themselves in the postseason. I think last year, the Cardinals were a little head-scratching in that, and I've, I've said it on this radio show, they couldn't win at home, and they won by hitting home runs. That's just not been their formula over the past several years. But I will say, and I know he's not playing well, but they added a solid piece in Dexter Fowler, and I think 
the absence of that bona fide leadoff hitter has certainly hurt the Cubs. But without question, Cubs fans should be nervous about this Cardinals team because when all said and done, they know how to get it done um, in late August and early and September, and they know how to make a push towards the playoffs. You better sure be sure to keep contact with that baseball team because uh, you know they know how to win. They know how to get to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Seth Gruen is our guest. We're talking Major League Baseball. Uh, Seth, of course, with Bleacher Report on the Draft House Fifty Hotline. Seth, this is. Um, an interesting baseball season already, and not just because of the Cubs and their struggles. Uh, Trent is uh, finds Milwaukee to be a pleasant surprise. He finds Cincinnati to be a pleasant surprise. Are you in that category as well, at least here in the first month or so? Well, certainly I think they have played above expectations, so I would agree with Trent on that. All that said, the process of rebuilding happens over a period of time. It's not that you all of a sudden flip a switch and and you're great. I think that the Cubs' rebuilding arc followed a very unique plot line in that it seemed like they were bad, and then all of a sudden, 2015, you had, you know, all these guys come up and contribute in a significant way. When you look at guys like especially Chris Bryant, but even Addison Russell to a degree and Kyle Mm -hmm. Schwarber, Uh, this season notwithstanding, development usually doesn't happen that quickly. So I think that when you look at the Cardinals and the Reds, yeah, these are both teams amidst rebuilding who are going to get incrementally better year in and year out. So to answer your initial question, am I surprised that they're this good uh, this early? Sure. But did I expect the Milwaukee Brewers to be better this year than they were last year? Absolutely. They're on the right path in this Eric Thames story. Uh, had a, a homer a couple nights ago, had a ground rule double last night. He keeps out there bopping along. Uh, what's it going to take? Are the pitchers going to be able to start to figure him out, or you anticipating a big year throughout for uh, Eric Thames? Well, I think he's going to have a big year. I thought it was a great signing by David Stearns, who really knows what he's doing in Milwaukee. That's the general manager. Uh, Eventually, pitchers are going to adjust because that always happens with great hitters. I think you see hitters come into the major leagues, and obviously Thames was in the majors before but had that three-year absence playing in Asia. But, you know, you see hitters come into the league and usually have success because pitchers don't really know how to throw to them. But once he puts some at-bats on tape, Pitchers are going to be able to study him and certainly come up with an approach that might make it more difficult for him. And then we're going to really see what kind of hitter he is when he's challenged to adjust. And, and I think that's the mark of any great hitter is, you know, the give and take, the back and forth between opposing pitchers. A great hitter always reinvents himself and, and always makes himself difficult to pitch to. You know, it's to me, and it takes me a little while to get into baseball just because it, a, they play 162 games, and I kind of like to let the dust settle like the first couple of months to see who I'm really going to start to lock in on. Is Colorado a team that I should pay close attention to in the West, or are, do you put them in the same category with Cincinnati and Milwaukee? Well, I think that they're a team that was probably trying to compete a little bit more in their division given the moves they made. This past offseason, San Francisco Giants are having a terrible year. Obviously, Mark Melanson going on the DL 
doesn't help a team that led the league and blown that led baseball in blown saves last year. So I think the arrow certainly is pointing down for the San Francisco Giants, though they have probably the best manager in baseball. So I don't think you can completely count them out. But I would agree that there's some sort of a changing of the guard over in that division. And it might have been a phrase that, that Trent used a couple of weeks ago when you had me on. I don't remember. But um, I certainly think that the Rockies can compete for a wild card. But ultimately, I still see the Dodgers as being the cream of the crop in that division. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers, sorry. Yeah, and Bellinger, he's uh, come up. It looks like the Dodgers, they're going to have uh, some issues here when everyone's back healthy. Uh, this Dodgers team, incredibly deep. They spend money on top of it, a great farm system. They look stacked up, and uh looks to be a fun race out there. We know the Nationals got to fix their bullpen. Cubs are going to be there. We got some surprises. But in the end, does it come down to those three to make the World Series in your mind? Yeah, and look, I think the underlying component of of what you just said is that the National League still is top-heavy. There still are a ton of teams trying to rebuild, unlike the American League, which is a little bit more competitive top to bottom, and we're seeing that play out, for example, in the AL East, which is just great baseball theater as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I I think I see it boiling down to those three teams. And all that said, I think those three teams are really, really close. I, I think... Easily the Nationals could head into October the favorite to make it out of the National League. And I think though the National League is top-heavy, we're again going to see an outstanding postseason on that side of the quote-unquote baseball bracket. You know, it's it's interesting, Seth, that when you start a brand-new baseball season and there's been so many different aspects, changes, players have gone different places, there's been managerial changes, that sort of thing. But what seems to me that remains pretty constant is that the so-called good teams are still good and the so-called teams that are struggling are still struggling. Is that fair or not? You mean like the Blue Blood franchise? Yes, uh-huh. Yep. That, well, look, we all know that the MLB Players Union is the best in sports and there is no salary cap. And, and regardless of you know, the modifications made in the recent CBA that, you know, financially penalize teams that go into that luxury tax. If you're, if you're willing to go into that luxury tax, it doesn't matter. So, in other words, the Yankees can still outspend everyone. The Cubs can still outspend everyone. If ownership is willing to pay that tax, it doesn't matter. So it's only deterrent if the money is so great that it scares teams away from going into that luxury tax. So I think to answer your question, yeah, those teams are probably going to be the better teams year in and year out. Might they have a down year? Sure. But those are the teams that just have more assets. And, mm-hmm. and, and beyond being able to spend on players, think about how you can grow your scouting staff and your scouting department and spend more money in your baseball operations department and, and academies overseas and and in the Caribbean, and, and even though there are restrictions on how much you can spend in the foreign market now, you could still outbid teams. So every, the big market teams, the Blue Bloods that you're referring to, yeah, they still have a huge advantage. So that makes total sense. Uh, Matt Harvey, um, <laughs> out golfing, drinking, doing his thing, shows up on page six, uh, apparently an emotional wreck after Adriana Lima breaks up with him. And back with her whole old boat, uh, Julian Edelman of the Patriots. 
uh, your takeaway from this situation, hey, he came back, he sounded contrite, maybe for the first time in his career when he's issuing apology, Harvey actually sounded like maybe this is the thing that, that is the breakthrough moment for him. Is it in your mind? Yeah, look, in New York, you got to tell the truth because everyone's got a camera phone, and if you don't tell the truth, like you said, you're going to wind up on page six and the truth will come out. Um, you know, I think that Harvey served himself well to kind of go up there and say, mea culpa, my fault, this is what happened. These players are human too. Um, you know, they go through the same kind of, <laughs> you know, emotional uh, ups and downs that us regular folk do. Um, I, I, I can give you an example. I'm, I'm not going to say the player's name, but I do know the player, you know, who went through some female issues and, and struggled on the field. So this is not unusual, but, um, you know, certainly I think it's, it's bizarre and magnified because it's in New York, but, uh, you know, Matt Harvey is teetering on the brink of irrelevance. I saw a tweet and I forgot who tweeted it out. So my apologies that I can't credit them, but someone talked to some anonymous sources, baseball ops guys or scouts who said, Matt Harvey's value right now, if you're a free agent today, would be one year, $10 million. That's a far cry from the nine-figure contract yeah. he wow. saw a year ago before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So Matt Harvey certainly needs to turn this thing around, forget about Adriana Lima, and just concentrate on throwing the baseball to home plate. Well, you women will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Got that right. That is. That's tough. Okay, uh, we always appreciate it, pal, when you come on the show. Thank you, as always, Seth. You have a great day. Yeah, always great catching up with you guys. Thanks. See you, buddy. There you go. Bleacher Report, Major League Baseball, Seth Gruen, Draft House 50, Hotline. Jimmy B, it's me. Yeah, are I know. You, uh, are you scribbling out what your expansion thoughts are going to be that we're going to get into this summer? My, the expansion thoughts. Because you know we got to have filler material. I know we do. And you know that's a big one. So I mentioned it yesterday when we had Ken Silverstein on. Yes. Barry Trammell wrote two articles in a week mm-hmm. on Oklahoma and the Big Ten. Yes. You know Barry Trammell. I do. I've uh, We've interviewed Barry before. Yep. He's a, a great guy. Mm-hmm. He knows as much about Oklahoma athletics he's as a whole. Di- he's dialed in there. He knows everybody. Everybody knows him. He's kind of... We don't have that guy here anymore. No. Before you were here, it was Mark Hansen. Growing up, it was Mark Hansen. Yes. In the sports side of things. Yes. With the register, columnist, he was that guy. But I know who Mark is. I've met him. Who would be, who would be that guy in the state? That might be a fun summer subject. You know, would it be Mike Halas, maybe, from the Gazette? Would it be a know, guy, Keith, a guy Keith who's, Murphy? A guy who's totally dialed in to... Yeah. Everything. Right. I don't know about... And it's different because, you know... Was Mike Brown totally dialed into everything? Rick Brown, you I, mean? I, Rick Brown, thank you. Yeah, he was good. It's a good one, but he's, but he's not, not with the register. No, he's not. He's working for the University of Iowa. Yeah. So, I mean, he's obviously dialed in there, but he's not going to break any big stories. No, no, he's not going to do that. You know, that are going to come out in that kind of realm. Mm-hmm. He can break stories, but... It'll be stories that the university wants him to bring. Yes. So that's different. I guess my uh, Halas might be that guy, the veteran guy that has those, but what's Mike's connections to Iowa State? Yes. 
you know, for Barry Trammell, it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the Thunder. I mean, he, if there's something going on, he's, he's got he's it. He's the number one guy. You that think is of. correct. Yeah. He gets all we three don't of those. We don't have that guy anymore, no. here, do we? No. And a part of it is the newspaper business. A big part of it is it's that. Changed dramatically. Right. And you don't get those, as many of those longtime guys that stay there until they're 65 and then retire. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Like Doesn't that. happen much no, anymore. No, they buy those guys out. We've seen it happen yep. here. Yeah. I, I think Halas might be in his 50s. Like, yeah. You know, I want to say he's right in that age range. There's but, no, but it's not Randy Peterson because no. he does Iowa State and that's right. It. And, you know, they've kind of moved in yeah. to strictly that. We don't have that columnist. That is that no, way. They, no, they do not have a columnist anymore. So, and, and we know the, you know, Steve Batterson from the Quad City mm-hmm. Times. Mm-hmm. He basically writes the stories for, on the Hawkeye side, for newspapers across the state, for the Mason City and the Quad Cities. Right. And Sioux City and Waterloo. I mean, they're all owned by the same company, but same kind of thing there. Yeah. Never thought of that. There's not, there's not a guy who is, and even though he works for a company, he's he doesn't work as an independent operator mm-hmm. like guys used to. Right. Now, on the news side, that might be still a case in this state, but it's not anymore on the sports side. You're yeah. absolutely right. Huh. Yeah. But regardless, we will talk about that yep. more. Barry Trammell, a couple articles, Oklahoma jumping to the Big Ten. It's summertime, folks. These are the stories <laughs> that get us to football season. Coming right back, everybody. It's the Big Talker 1700. Seventeen hundred KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC. Welcome back, everybody. We roll till the top of the hour. Jimmy B and TC. All right. So, in this particular segment, we generally kind of do what are you going to get hooked on tonight? Yes. Yes. Um. I I mean I know that I'm going to watch San Antonio and Houston in the NBA. Right. We're watching. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be dialed into that, but. The rest is just pretty much baseball. Yeah. That's that's it. It's a slim slate, as they would say. Say that fast six times. Slim slate, slim slate. I'm done. <laughs> that's as far as I'm going to go. Well, and not only that, we got the Cubs off as they get ready for their series with the Cardinals. Right. The Cardinals are off, yep. too. Yep. You know, locally, Kansas City's down in Tampa. Tampa. I mean, yeah, <laughs> come on. You know, I will watch some Boston-Milwaukee, though. That's been a fun series. That's it. Yeah, it has been. 11-7 the first game. Then uh, yesterday, Milwaukee comes back and, and gets another victory. So they've won two in a row against the Red Sox after the Red Sox had just obliterated the Twins right. over the weekend. Uh, always keep an eye on that. This Milwaukee story, I, I still don't feel like it's real. Yeah, you know, I know. Cincinnati's a little more far removed from us. But Milwaukee, they're, they're a Brewers fan. Sure. I, I talked to... Uh, I had a guy that I taught with that was a Brewers fan. He was always very thankful when we bring up the Brewers. <laughs> you know, as many Packers fans as we as there are, and we know there's a huge number. Yes. There are also people from Wisconsin that grew up in you know Northeast Iowa, those kind of yep. things that are Brewers fans. So they are in this market. They're they're decidedly behind. Certainly the Cubs and Cardinals. We know those are the top two. I'd put the Twins third. You know, I saw years ago we had the Twins here on seventeen hundred. Okay. And I also did a twin show, a weekly show on Monday nights at 6 o'clock. Love doing that show. It was one of my favorite things to do. I just got to sit for an hour and talk about the twins. Well, I was going to say, that's your team, <laughs> so you were dialed in. Yes, It was a lot of fun. But, you know, uh, we had an event out at uh, Seven Flags. 
Uh-huh. And you've been in there before, Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And, I you know, they're big, that room to the right where they have concerts and yes, stuff like exactly. that. Yes, exactly. I remember walking in, and, you know, we had Jack Morris was there, uh, Dick Bremer, the TV voice, sure. was there. A couple of the radio crews, Dan Gladden was there. You know, there was there were some names along with it. But I remember being absolutely shocked at the number of fans that were there. Really? The station was shocked by it. Yeah. Uh, we were, I mean, it, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Now, did they show up because they were also baseball fans and there were some big names there? I mean, you just mentioned not, not a big really. one. I mean, I'm sure there were a few people that way. Okay. But, I mean, overwhelmingly, uh, yeah, it was people, twins. People were in their okay. twins caps. People were wearing, you know, their twin shirts and their jerseys and things like that. It was certainly a twins event, and uh, it was crazy. And it it showed me at the time just how big this market. It was much bigger than I thought. I thought, you know, I'm talking myself here <laughs> because yes, it is Cubs and Cardinals. Yes, but the Twins are right up there. I certainly would put them right there. And the Royals, they're Royals fans too, but. They were down for so long. And right. a lot of people jumped on the, the two well, World did. Series runs. Yes. But they were down for so long. You have to figure they lost a lot of fans in that process. But I'd, I'd probably rank it. I would say Cubs obviously won. Mm-hmm. Cardinals two. Yeah. Twins and Royals at a, a bobbing finish. I'd put the Twins three. Would you say Would you say Twins, Royals, it's which team is good? Not re- I mean, because you're still a fan. You know, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, and I got you. Yeah. You're still a fan of the team. I'm just talking in numbers that that I've seen with some different radio things that we've had. I, I've worked on stations that have had both the Royals and the Twins in this market, so I know a little bit of that. It's close, but I would give it to the Twins. And then after that, it's probably the Brewers are fifth. Okay. And then the White Sox would be sixth. Yeah. Of the local. Well, yeah, I think there's only like three White Sox fans <laughs> there, there, there in are. this town. There are few and far between, but that's kind of how I'd rank it I've here. never met them, but I'm sure there's three. But but back to this Royal uh, Brewers team, excuse me. Yeah. Eric Thames was such a great story, and it still is. Yeah. You know, he hit another homer the other he night. He did. Yep. Um, a, a guy that goes over to Korea, looks like his career is over, and come back and do the things that he's doing, showing the power. Now, I found it very interesting. I was listening to, I believe it was Buster Olney, and he had somebody on, and they were talking about the Cubs' struggles. And they were talking about the young guys, Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez, Addison Russell, these kind of guys where they came up, made such an impact on the team. But a lot of times we see lots of guys that come up and put up monster numbers for their first month or two, sure, have a good season, and then you see regression after that. Well, the reason is, is because now pitchers, you know, they're able they got to a book. They got out. a book on them yeah, now. They, yeah, they know where their weaknesses are. They understand, you know, the areas of the game that the guy struggles. Be it, you know, against off-speed stuff, pitches away, pitches it, whatever it may be, you get that book on them, and then it comes back to the player, the batter, to figure out. All right, now how do I have to adjust? And some guys can't do that, mm-hmm. and some guys aren't able to do that. And I, that's a question for the Cubs. But back to Eric Thames, that's going to be the question for him now. Now when he starts to see guys for the second time, they see some of the issues that he may have. If he goes through a slump, say slumps, you know, into June, something like that, mm-hmm. is he able to readjust? Because for some guys, they're never able to do it. You see that high water mark is very early in their career, and then after that they turn into a major leaguer, you know, an everyday starter, but not the hope that a lot of people had. So kind of equates to both the Cubs and the Brewers there. But uh, I, thought, I found that very interesting. It's something that I know we've talked about things like that before, but you know, for the Cubs, it does make sense with all these young guys. Now can they make the next adjustment 
figure out what pitchers are doing to them. Are you you're, instead of maybe saying they have regressed, it's more of the other teams now have a full season yeah. and a book on those players. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I think that's So that's what going it is. to be a little more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And like like I said, some guys they're never able to figure it out. Yeah. Or they just can't make those adjustments. They are what they are. This is me as a player. Hey, if you leave one out over the plate, they're going to hit it. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. They're very good at pulling the ball or going the opposite way. Once that book's out, if they can't adjust, you know, if you can never adjust and be a guy, say you're somebody that you see there's a ton of shifting going on. And we see that so much in baseball now, okay. where teams are continually shifting. Well, if you're never able to adjust to that, if you're never able to go the other way, you're going to be in trouble. Because mm-hmm. what you're going to have, you're going to have a lot of ground outs. And, you know, we see the second baseman playing out there in right field and, you know, gets the ball and he's 200 feet away. Yes. And he throws him out at first. Yeah. If you're lefty and you never can adjust to that and you can never figure out a way to go the other way, you're going to have an awful lot of sharp, what normally in old days would be a sharp single to right field. That's just grounders. Right. You have to learn to adjust. And we'll see. And it's something to keep an eye on with all the young guys across baseball that are off to good starts. Can you adjust? Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, you, you mentioned baseball. You know what I will sample this evening in, in Major League Baseball? I, I know your twins are playing at the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to be curious again to take a look at Baltimore and Washington. Yeah, fun series. Uh, that, that's, that's been fun. I mean, that's... It, <laughs> it was... Uh, Interesting that all of the Washington teams were in action. Capitals, Mm -hmm. Wizards, and the Nationals. All on the same night. And two of them got blown out. And the other one, the baseball team, the Nats, found a way to win in extras on a walk-off. And if you would have went against all three. Now, it didn't come to fruition. Right. But as uh, Washington was looking like maybe they were going to get gonna beat agree. by the yep. O's, yep. if you would have bet the money line against all three of those teams... And this and this was a legit yes. a, a legit opportunity in yes. Vegas, correct? Yes. Okay. You would have got it at 9-1. to one. Wow. Now, it didn't happen. You yeah. just lost your money because the, uh, the Nationals came back and got that victory against the O's. But that's what it was if you would have went the money line against the Washington teams. And have you seen the numbers, Jimmy B? You know, we talk a lot about Minnesota... And their years and now decades of ineptitude up there. Mm-hmm. They haven't had a team advance to a championship series since uh, the World Series team. Uh, World Series team, right? Nineteen ninety-one. Okay. T Wolves have never been there. No, they have not. The Wild have never been there. The no. North Stars' last appearance was the year before. Yes. In uh, the nineteen ninety ninety-one se- season, for them, uh, the Vikings we know haven't been there since the seventies. Correct. For four major teams, it's bad. Now, Washington, the Redskins, and Washington, D.C. does have a more recent appearance, but it was the 91 football season, That's where 92 they, Super Bowl. Yes, they rocked the Buffalo Bills uh, in Minneapolis. In by, Minneapolis. How yes, about that? Yes. Yeah. 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 In the Dome. They're both bad. <laughs> They're both bad. <laughs> I saw some numbers. Let me bring these up for okay. you, Jimmy okay. B. I think you'll, you'll like this. All right. Now, this isn't, this isn't uh, for... Uh, entertainment purposes only. This no, is no, like no, no, this no. is like real stats. Yes, not yes. like the other day where you actually made entertainment purposes only right, on the air. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm just what checking. Terrible work out of me on top of that. <laughs> so uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and I I told you I had that Capitals. I was very disappointed. Last I, night. I, I ended up watching a lot of that. Yeah, last night. that was it was pretty good stuff. Yeah. Even had a fight. Yeah. P- pull your goalie earlier. <laughs> Eddie Olchek's hollering. I don't. Yeah. Listen yank to Eddie. Him. Yank him. Pull him. Yeah. They're dinking around I out know, there. I know. 
They couldn't even get any shots the last two minutes. Oh. It was hats off to Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. So here it is. This is since 2000. Okay. Conference championship game appearances. Boston leads the way. Okay. 22. Okay. Next on the list, Detroit. Huh. Kind of a surprise, right? Yeah, a little Obviously, bit. Obviously, you've never been in the NFC Championship right. uh, during this time period. Again, going back to 2000. But basketball and Six out and of the hockey. Pistons, yeah. four out of the Red Wings, yeah. and four out of the Tigers. Okay. Uh, got Los Angeles uh, with 13, New York with 13, Philly with 13, Chicago with 12, Pittsburgh okay. 12, St. Louis 12. Okay. So you go, and Minnesota, which has had their own set of issues, as we mentioned. Here's Minnesota with a four major sports, two appearances in the NFC Championship game okay. that were able to break through. Okay. One year, uh, well, the game against the Saints, Brett Favre. Yes. That one happened. And uh, the other one since 2000, that had been, what, against the Giants, I want to say? Might have been. And uh, so two there for Minnesota. What else do uh, we got here? All right. One appearance from the T-Wolves. Yes. Lost to the Lakers. One by the Wild. And one out of the Twins. That's it. That was back in 2002 when they lost to the Angels. Upset the A's, lost to the Angels. Remember that. That's it, since 2000. I mean, that's that's bad. We're not talking getting to the – that's just getting to the conference Conference championship. championship, yes. Five total. During that time period, guess how many Washington, D.C. has? NFC Championship game – NBA Eastern Conference Finals, NHL Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, they or, haven't. They haven't had the the Wizards have not been in the conference finals. Correct. I know that. Yep. Uh, the Capitals, no. Right. So, baseball has only been playing there for twelve two thousand six something like that. Yeah. Okay. So not them. Nope. So that only leaves the Redskins. And, and what what's the time frame again? Ninety two thousand since two thousand. Yep. Did they make a conference championship in two thousand? Oh, God, I'm going to say I can't remember. I'm going to say they made one. No, none, none. Okay. I mean, as bad as Minnesota yeah. is with four major sports, they have five appearances since two thousand in the championship round. Washington D.C. has not made an appearance. Wow. That's incredible, and we're not talking. The other thing is, this isn't like it is a small market. DC is oh, what no, the big, big time market, third biggest market, fourth uh, big- probably probably about uh, six, six or seven. In there? Yeah. Regardless, right it's not there. a small market. No, no, it's a top tenner. It's ownership groups that have a ton of money. Yes, the richest ownership group owns the Nationals, mm-hmm. I and mean, we we know Daniel Snyder. I yeah. mean, was it Leon? Is that the family yeah. that owns the Wizards? Yeah. They got money. They got money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So as bad as the Minnesota sports fans, and I consider myself part of it, even though I'm not a Vikings fan, I uh, went to the dark side with the Bears. <laughs> even with that, and you hear about it all the time up there, but imagine that. I know, that's incredible. I mean, people love harkening back to the T-Wolves making that run. Sure. You know, and KG getting there, and Spreewell, and Sam Cassell. It was a fun group. It was. They got to the conference finals. He got that. You know, the Wild have at least been close, and they've been on the precipice. And there's been plenty of disappointments. In the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they have at least made an appearance in the conference finals and two NFC Championship games appearance. They haven't been once since two. That's seventeen years. Two thousand maybe for some people doesn't seem that long ago. That's seventeen years. That's amazing when you frame it like that. I haven't made one appearance out of your four major sports. Absolutely crazy when I saw that today. Man, that's a, that's an unbelievable stat, and that's why when you ask me about Washington, 
immediately the Capitals and immediately the Wiz. Mm-hmm. But I and I think baseball, and I knew that wasn't the case. But I really thought the Redskins did something. Well, he's made one but, appearance in an NFC championship. Yeah. Uh, other teams that since 2000, other cities, I should say, okay. that haven't made an appearance in the conference finals. Cincinnati? Yeah, you thought maybe, oh, did the Reds ever make uh, No, no, not since 2000. That's amazing. And, of course, the Bengals, no. No. So, uh, Portland, now they only well, have, they have one team, one the Trailblazers, yeah. And the other ones just have one team as well, Jacksonville, Columbus, and Winnipeg are the only other teams. So, okay. you know, Edmonton, Calgary, Sacramento, Utah, all with one team, has at least made an appearance. In the conference in finals. In the conference finals. Orlando's got a couple. Montreal has a couple. It's Yeah. You go through here, everybody at least has something to hang your head Not on. even the conference finals. Not for D.C. Wild. That is inc- that's an incredible stat. That Figured really like is. That one, I did Dick. like that one. Man, that's some good research. That is good. That's what I do for you. Well, I know. So uh, you, you just saved the show today uh, with today. that with that stat every day <laughs> with that every stat. day. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. So B. anyway, tonight, yeah, San Antonio, Houston. Let, let's get your pick here, Jimmy. All righty, I am going to take Houston. Uh, they they have to be kicking themselves because they had a golden opportunity. Oh, no to, Kawhi for the last four minutes, right? Of regulation, yes, to win at San Antonio, and they couldn't get it done. If Houston doesn't get it done. James Harden was bad. He was bad down the stretch. No, he was de- bad down the stretch. He was yes. bad down the stretch. Still had a triple-double. Yeah, but you and your triple-double. I'm just he telling was bad you, down the he, stretch. he was bad down the stretch. And then you, when you get beat by a 39-year-old dude, yeah. think about that. He mm-hmm. turns 40 like in the next month. But couple that with James Harden his first time at a big stage. Correct. Back with Oklahoma City. He wasn't. He wasn't the star. He was well. He was bad in that series. Yeah, you're he right. Was he was. Bad in that yes, he series. was. You're correct. You go back a couple years ago when they made the conference finals. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good in that series. Mm-hmm. They lose this one to San Antonio after what they did in Game One, and the injuries. Tony Parker goes down. Kawhi I saw earlier this morning. Uh, Pop said he's going to be a game time decision. Right. You got all these things. You lose this one tonight. Game Seven might be a little bit, but if they lose this. Is it time to reevaluate James Harden on the star level? Oh, boy. Because LeBron's not losing in this spot. Kawhi goes out with four minutes left. LeBron, you put him in there instead of James Harden. His team's not oh, losing. They're not game. losing. They're not losing. No, not with that guy. No. But he's. I don't think Russell Westbrook, you put him on that yeah. team. Yeah, that's with a good no point. With no Kawhi, I don't think they're losing That's that a good game. point because he's going to the basket every chance he gets. Replace Kawhi, put him over there healthy, yeah. and the Kawhi clone is out. Kawhi's not losing that. No, he is not. And that was our top four for MVP this year. Yeah. And we can throw other names in there. Those guys aren't losing that. He lost that game. He played incredibly poorly down the stretch. That is correct. And maybe it's just, yeah, he's going to put up numbers. We get that. And with the system and with Mm D'Antoni, he's going to have numbers. But at this level, we've seen him now in playoff moments have issues. It might be time, especially if they do lose tonight, which would be... And if it, and if Kawhi doesn't play and they lose, we we do have to change the narrative on James Harden. All right, let me great run, regular season let me, player. Let me let me run this by you. Does that equate then to Michael Jordan not no, getting no, not, he, not not wait a minute? No, no, not, you can't put no, Michael Jordan not, and James Harden in the well, same. No, breath. I can't. I can't in this in this scenario that you're making because Jordan couldn't get the Bulls to the playoffs. It took him like six seven years. 
uh, not to the playoffs, but to a championship mm-hmm. uh, uh, opportunity. Took him six or seven years before that finally happened. Different. Is I, it, I, I think it's you a think it's lot totally different. Because because this is Harden's really first time. Michael Jordan was still the as, most talented the player guy. in the league. That's not the case with Harden. Okay, LeBron's still the most talented guy. Oh, in the there's league. no question. So that's that's a difference, right? I I think, yeah, I think a bit of a stretch there to try to equate the two. All I'm saying is is that is it, the the point that I'm making. I wasn't comparing the players. I was comparing the possibility that the, if this happens like it did to Jordan for the first six or seven seasons. Is that something that might equate to Harden being the guy on that team and having that happen to him? Because what you said, he wasn't the star at Oklahoma City. That was Durant, and yet he played poorly in the opportunities that he had on the big stage. Now they're in the second round against the Spurs, and they have no Tony Parker. Kawhi Leonard hurt late in the game, and he can't get it done. So if Houston wins tonight and it goes down to a Game 7, and Game 7 is close in San Antonio, does Harden and San Antonio wins, does Harden get all the blame? I don't think all the blame, but I think the narrative is going to be different. I'm just talking strictly about tonight. Okay. Because of the past failures we had. The other thing about Jordan is Jordan had incredible games in the playoffs. Oh, he did. I mean, he, he no, was he ridiculously did. good. And in the clutch... Scored, scored 63 against the Celtics, and they lost. In, in the clutch, I mean, think about the game winner over Craig Hilo. Uh, yep. Moving them on to the next round. He had those kind of moments. You wanted the ball in his hands. He did not wilt like Harden did late in the game. He did wilt. He did. Harden did. Yes. Harden did. That was not the case with Jordan. It was... The narrative was more either he needs more help or he's too selfish. You know, we heard those I, I heard the, sel- the selfish thing rang out a long, for a number of years. But yes. we never heard in a big moment, he's not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's the difference Okay, here. Harden, that narrative, and so especially does, tonight, is, is okay. going to be out there. So if Houston wins and forces Game 7, does that change your narrative? No, no. Because I know that you don't care for his game to begin no, with, and it's, it, but, but you're not you're not talking about his game. Right, it doesn't change the narrative, even if they were going forcing a game seven in San Antonio. I'm posing the question. I, I think the narrative is going to be very similar. James Harden is one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking, should we take that back and pull it back? Okay, if he fails again, again, and, and fails. Tonight, in this spot. In this spot. In this spot, at okay. home, okay. chance to force a Game 7. Okay. No Tony Parker, maybe no Kawhi if Kawhi mm-hmm. plays a limited Kawhi. Right. And you lose that one at home with the past failures that he's had in big moments, that's what I'm getting to. Okay. Completely different. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's going to be fun. There's no question about that. Uh, the Houston uh, arena will be absolutely nuts. And I can't wait to see how this game plays out. And if and if Kawhi Leonard can give them anything, and I do mean anything. I mean, that was a bad ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, they replayed it. I hate it when they replay it like <laughs> 600 times. And you see the guy's ankle roll up, uh, like up to his knee. Have you ever done that before? You ever yeah. rolled, it, rolled it bad? I mean, real bad? Right before my last regular season game of basketball. Okay. My senior year. Yep. And uh, yeah, came down, felt it. Felt a pop in there. Thought maybe I broke it. I thought that pop was a break. It wasn't. It was just ligament stretching. Yes. And had to ice it and ice it. And I was on crutches for a few days. It sucked. It well, really I rolled sucked. mine. I rolled mine in a pickup game uh-huh. at lunchtime. Okay. 
And I came down on a guy's foot. Yep. And that's when it rolled. And I couldn't I couldn't move. I was down on the floor, couldn't move. I got so nauseous. It was it was terrible. I finally was able to crawl off to the side because I didn't want anybody to pick me up because I I thought I was going to heave it all over the place because I was so nauseous. And I was back in the locker room just laying there trying to get my stomach to finally calm down. It finally did. And I put some ice on it, and it had blown up like a mm-hmm. basket. Yep. And people, you if you've never blown an ankle... We like to call it blowing a tire. If you've never blown a tire, and I sure hope that you don't, because it's awful. Mm-hmm. It really is. And now modern medicine and what they do, and they've strapped that boot on to get the swelling out and everything that they can do for you. We don't get that. <laughs> we just get throw some ice on it. Right. That's it. But you're down for the count. Yes. Down for the count. And I just hope that, you know, Leonard is available tonight. Do you think if we got 60 to 70% of Kawhi Leonard, San Antonio could win? I think they need more. With no Parker, I think they need more. Fair. I mean, to, the Fair. chances of Manu playing uh-huh. as well as he did the other night. That's correct. I, I think that goes down there. I just don't see it. I, unless you get also a monster performance out of Aldridge or you know something along those lines. Powell goes out there and, and has and a big game. Finds the, finds the fountain of youth <laughs> and Ponce de Leon's hanging out with him. <laughs> unless that happens. That's no, a good no. reference, Ponce de Leon. They, they need a little bit more, I think, than 60, 70%. Okay. Of All right. So I'm, I'm take, I have Houston So in this game. Jimmy B's taking a favorite? What a shocker. <laughs> you didn't last night. Yeah, the Wizards. I did. That didn't go very well. Boy, that didn't. That was... Whew. Celtics looked like a completely different team. Home court? Yeah. You know, it's... We I don't, no, it wasn't home court because those first two games they had home court, they didn't look that good. No, but they but they found ways to win after yeah, Washington yeah. had dominated the game, and then when it got into overtime, then Boston played real well, but... Boston really looked good last night. Right. Really looked good. It's more than just home court. Yeah. They they played offensively at as high of a level as I think the Celtics can play. They'll go back. Uh, Wizards will get game six at home. Yeah, see, here we go. And come down to game seven. Game seven and I'm Boston. looking forward to that game seven. Yeah, I agree. San Antonio-Houston, if we get a game seven out of it, I'd be more excited to see Washington and, and Boston. And Boston? Yeah. Okay. If I had to pick, I can only get one. That's the one I'd be picking. All right. All right. But tonight it is uh, the Western Conference, uh, and it is an elimination game for the Rockets. San Antonio at Houston, and that game's tonight. Yeah, I mentioned uh, excited to watch the Brewers and Red Sox. Game's going on right now. <laughs> you just uh, noticed I that? Thought it, I thought it was you a night game. You thought it was a night game? I thought it was a night game. It's on right now. It's on right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that and more coming up on tomorrow's show. Jimmy B and TC from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. Mr. Brinson, you have a good night. I will. My, now my baseball's really limited to one game. You got the White Sox and Twins. No, Baltimore oh. and Washington. Come on. <laughs> you got a good matchup. White Sox and Twins. Yeah. Both played well. Come on. Yeah. Give a cursory glance. <laughs> I haven't got the, uh, I got the Twins polo on today. You do? Yeah, yeah, the TC polo. You do? It looks good on you. I'm sporting the colors. See, I thought that you wore that just because it was your name. Yes. That's what I thought it was. A (laughs) self-embroidered shirt. I've seen some people that have done that. Self-embroidered their shirts? Yes. Have, And it's different if you have, like, a company. Yeah, that's different. I've seen media members. 
No. Media members that have... In this town? In this town. That is not what this TC is for. That's really self-absorbing. That really is. Is what this is for. Look, I'm a pompous ass. You're right. But... I would never do that. A Jimmy B jersey? <laughs> That's what I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a Jimmy B jersey. Can you imagine the TV guys? You imagine <laughs> Garvin, oh, Murph, yeah. you know, those guys yeah. if they had their own jersey, jersey would be like a, a sport coat with their name on the back. <laughs> Wait, that's that's what I saw this person do that, and it's neither of those guys, as we know, those okay. guys would never do something. Garmin. Like Andy Garmin. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, unbelievable. That would be funny. Brinson, we're out of time. All we gotta right, get we gotta out of here. go. We'll Good. talk to you tomorrow at noon, everybody. Enjoy your afternoon. Enjoy the baseball and hoops tonight. Back at it tomorrow at noon.